It's not just a tiny instrument, it's a state of mind. Bow, down, bow, bow, bow. Hello, this is the Don't Look At Me podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Don't Look At Me podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Don't Look At Me podcast. My name is Chris T. Wilson. Hello, and welcome to the Don't Look At Me podcast. My name is Chris Wilson, and I am your host. I am uh, proud to be honored and sponsored by the Ojai app. If you were at Ojai Day, then you may have seen the photograph of me on the flyer from the Ojai app with uh, previous podcast guest Reed Fish. If you're not familiar with Reed Fish, go back and have a listen to his podcast. That was a really fun conversation. And I think he's a cool member of the Ojai community. That is what this podcast is about. Bringing the interesting folks of Ojai to the people of Ojai and beyond, whoever finds it. So the Ojai app is a smartphone app. I have it on my phone. I'm using it to look at uh, who is marketing through it, what events are coming up. Occasionally, I will read my star chart horoscope. It's available for Android devices, and it's also available for iPhones. I Wherever you download apps, either it's iTunes or the Google Play Store or directly off the internet, however you know how to do it, I would encourage you as an Ojai resident to support the Ojai app, check it out, push them your information. You can send them your art. You can send them your short pieces of writing. You can advertise your product or service through them, and you can uh, be a featured listing. Like, for example, my guest today, Lisa Cassoni, uh, advertised the Ojai Art Festival through the Ojai app. So if you download the Ojai app onto your Android device or onto your iPhone, then you'll be able to keep track of the coolest events that are happening in Ojai because these are the progressive people that are bringing the cool things to the people of Ojai. Okay, let's move on. I have a new affiliate link sponsor on the Christ Wilson blog. That is Packed Apparel, wearpacked.com. And uh, I love their organic socks and underwear. I own them. I wear them. And uh, I recently signed up for their affiliate program so I could help promote the fact that uh, I love organic socks and underwear, especially ones that are super soft, uh, socks that come in colorful, striped varieties. Boxer brief style underwear are my preference. Is that too much information? I apologize. Hey, if you uh, have found any sort of benefit or uh, enjoyment from this podcast and you don't feel like clicking on the Amazon link, for example, and buying a back roller or some other thing that would send a few pennies my way for every dollar that you spend there, uh, they pay out a small advertising percentage of 3 to 4%, I think. That's Amazon Pact. Uh, I don't remember what their terms are, but if you make a purchase through Pact, then I'm certain to get a commission, but it doesn't cost you anything more. And I really think that for men and women and children, it's a, it's a great clothing line uh, for basics, T-shirts, leggings, socks, underwear. So, But if you don't feel like clicking on the banners, but you do get some benefit from this program, uh, feel free to click on the donate button and uh, send me a few dollars. Another way you can support the podcast and become more familiar with my work is to uh, purchase a t-shirt or a tote bag or a decal in uh, the Ojai Valley at uh, different businesses. 
I sell tote bags at Rainbow Bridge, and uh, I have a few on occasion at The Farmer and The Cook. I came up with a new design called Organic or Else, where I took a photo of Steve Sprinkle, the farmer of The Farmer and The Cook. I manipulated it in a photo editing software program, and uh, then I blew it out with the contrast thing, and then I wrote Organic or Else, and it's, it's, it captured my uh, enjoyment levels, so I published it. That's what I do. If it feels good, I publish it. And uh, Steve was delighted. Uh, he seemed to be at least, uh, and he purchased a few of them for the store. I think they are currently sold out, but I'm uh, working on some more tote bags. Also, Rainbow Bridge uh, has uh, the Ojai Face uh, Rainbow High tote bags uh, in uh, beautiful hand-dyed colors by me. And, uh, you know, Village Pharmacy with the uh, big Ojai face on the window that I painted there, Ojai Day 2012, uh, is uh, selling the Ojai face t-shirts and decals. And uh, Ojai Creates, they're further up East Ojai Avenue, uh, has the Ojai face decals. I just restocked them. So those are ways you can support me in town. If those people sell out, then they, uh, well, they sell out. Now, that not that ironic? Would you think it's a sellout if they're carrying the Christ Wilson line of goods? I don't think so. I think it's great. Uh, furthermore, uh, I also wash windows at uh, windowwashing.com. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the, the right column of christwilson.com, a little ways down on the right-hand side, there is a red squeegee fist that is a link to my other blog, windowwashing.com. I provide uh, mostly residential uh window cleaning services to people in the Ojai Valley. Um, I have a few commercial accounts that I do, like the Farmer and the Cook and uh, the Papa Lennon's Pizza. I've been washing windows for more than 23 years, started when I was in high school, and I'm still going at it because it's super zen. And uh, please allow me to clarify, and a uh, long time no see. Windowwashing.com sponsors this podcast. Okay, my guest is Lisa Cassoni of the Ojai Porch Gallery, also of 49pm.com. She is a marketeer for that organization, along with uh, Chris Ritke, uh, who's a web programmer and uh, I understand a baker. I got to get to know Chris Ritke. And uh, Lisa Cassoni reached out to me because of the uh, fallen fruit map that uh, we'll talk about more in this podcast. Also wrote a story for that in the Ohio Valley News that's in today's paper. If this, if you're listening to this on Friday, uh, November what eighth, two thousand thirteen. If this is in the future, then you'll have to go back into the archives and find that information. Lisa uh, told me about this map, and so I went and met with her, and then I got really more uh, in-depth with her about the uh, Ojai Art Festival and all the amazing things that she's doing to revolutionize the Ojai artist community, and I said, let's do a podcast, and she agreed to do it, and so we sat down a few days later and uh, broke out the microphones and started to visit, and now here's your chance to hear that interview with Lisa Cassoni. Enjoy. I'm sitting here with Lisa Cassoni. Am I saying your name correctly? Yes. Okay, good. Yay. And uh, we are at what is known as the Porch Gallery. Where are we? We're here on Matillaha Street, East Matillaha. That's right. 310, um, East, 310 Mat East Matillaha. Okay. What's the, uh, the origin of the, the Porch Gallery and your involvement in that? How long has this been here? Well, the Porch Gallery's been here um, with its new name for a very short time, but the gallery and the building itself is a very historic building in downtown Ojai from the 
1800s. Some people know it for, as the Montgomery House. And we even have a street named uh, Montgomery very close to Oh, the okay. So was this the home of... John who, Montgomery. John Montgomery. Yes. I did not know that. I learned new things about Ohio <laughs> history a, a lot then. Okay, cool. Um, and, I mean, a lot. if you don't know the house, it's what? It's big. It's white. It's across the... The road from there's the coffee shop and the Matilla mail call and there's a massage place. Java Joe's. Java Joe's. The Java Joe's coffee house. And there's a great like wraparound porch like you could roller skate on it. I think my grandmother would say she would probably say that. Um, and you've had I mean, I've, I've driven past here evenings and seen gatherings of people out here. So it's kind of becoming like what's I mean, what's the spirit of the gallery? What's the intention behind it? Well, when my partner and I got involved with it just a very short time ago, a few months ago, um, the spirit that we wanted to bring to it was this um, feeling where not only could you come here to see to see um, what we think is going to hopefully be compelling and um, interesting conceptual art, but also to be a gathering place. And so we wanted initially, right off the bat, we decided that we wanted to change the name to Porch Gallery because it evokes that feeling of being able to come and sit out and hang out on a porch. And that was really cool for me because I grew up on the East Coast and my grandparents had a, a porch in their um, Where was their that? summer home. Um, I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, okay, and so cool. they, they had a summer place in, um, in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey. So I have a lot of great memories of... Do you travel back there much? I don't as much as anymore. I do, I'm from a large family on one side of my family, so I have quite a, a number of cousins and uncles, and my father's still on the East Coast. Uh, but my mother's out here, and so are two of my brothers in California. Okay, great. Wait, did you move out here as a kid or as an adult? Actually, um, I moved out here in 1986, so I feel like I've been here a really long time. But um, I followed I mean, my brother. Um, he, he came out the year before to go to school um, up at... UCSB, and so I came out for a visit, and within a year, I was out here. Uh, but you were in marketing? Yes. Um, what kind of marketing? Well, my brothers own a company in uh, Northern California, actually in, in the San Jose area, and okay. it's called Claims Resource Services. So what they do is they handle certain type of um, claims for insurance companies, auto insurance companies. So I got involved with them uh, quite a number of years ago, and um, I basically initially went on and helped them with their online training programs. And so um, I wanted to do something that wasn't mind-numbingly boring. And so was that work mind-numbingly <laughs> boring? <laughs> well, the, the business itself can be that way because you're dealing with insurance, um, and that's not creative necessarily. So they do something called subrogation. Okay. So it's very. Um, niche type of, um, of insurance where if people, just to make it really kind of simple, if people are in um, accidents, and so insurance companies, auto carriers, their, their main you know, business is to sell you auto insurance. Yeah. But then when you get in accidents, they typically outsource those um, to companies that are third-party outsourced companies. And so my brothers started this years and years ago and have a built it up to a very successful business. Oh, so okay. They, they work with um, mostly auto carriers that you would know, Geico, uh, oh, okay. major, major insurance carriers. So then were you up there in San Jose for a while before you came down to LA? I would commute. I would go up there Monday through Friday and just come home on the weekends wow, to Los that's, Angeles. That's dedication. So did you do that for years? Years. And was it driving or flying? Flying. Oh, okay. <laughs> Occasional <laughs> driving, but... 
<laughs> lots of Southwest. Uh, lots of Southwest. Okay, good. Yeah. One near miss. Burbank, Burbank yeah. uh, to San Jose. The Burbank to San Jose, well-worn mm. path. But luckily it was close, the airport. I lived in Eagle Rock. So Eagle Rock's pretty close to Burbank Airport. So from the, the uh, let's see, if you were sitting on the left side of the plane, then when you take off, you'd probably get a nice little view of Lake Acetas in the valley. If you were paying attention out the windows or maybe on the way back. I always look whenever I fly out of the Bay Area back to Burbank. I always look and see how much of Ojai I can see. That's great. Um, and you get some nice views. Okay, so you did that. And then when did you did leave uh, L.A. and come up to Ojai? What brought you to Ojai the first time? Uh, I came up actually. Uh, I was aware of Ojai, of course. It's uh, so well known. But I came up for a friend's 40th birthday about a little over four years ago. And there were a group of us, and we rented several houses up on Matilla Canyon called the Dent House with a couple of houses right next to it. And it was spectacular. And I actually was looking. Uh, my, my situation was such that I didn't have to go up all the time Monday through Friday anymore. So I could work with my brother's company in ways that I didn't – I could work from home. Oh, okay. So um, that changed, and that was really great because uh, that got – you know, that – was difficult to get on a plane every week but I bet it must have been a drag after a while it gets yeah where's your down? <laughs> but um so I had been in LA for a really long time and when I was turning a certain age um I was thinking about moving and where where I could find a place that was out of a big city but not too far from a big city and that had um an element to it that had both peaceful quiet but also outdoor activities that because I love being outside, and then also that had a creative aspect to it. And I found Ojai to be a really creative small town, but not small-minded, and that was really wonderful. And that's why um, I came up here and suggested it to a friend for a birthday. And as soon as I went back, started talking about putting the house on the market, and then started looking at places here. And it was it went fairly quickly when we decided to do the do the move. So you've been here four years now? Yes. Cool. In my fourth year. That's awesome. And let's see, I met you because Guy Webster wanted me to do a t-shirt. And Brianna, uh, she called me up and said, Guy wanted to do this t-shirt. And so then we all met here on the porch, how apropos, and then we did this t-shirt for him that said, thank God I'm an atheist. And he wore it in Martha's Vineyard, evidently. So that was fun. And then I met you briefly then. And then you reached out to me a week ago and said, Hey, we got all this great stuff going on here. You have this thing, uh, the Ojai Art Festival with uh, Chris and Uda Ritke. That's right. Correct. Okay. And your partner, Heather, is also involved in that? No. She's not. Oh, but then you have another thing, too. And we'll get to all these at least in, is it 4, 9 p.m.? What's your company? 49 p.m. 49 p.m. You and Chris and Uda are doing the Ojai Art Festival. Correct? Yes, this week. <laughs> all right. It's happening. <laughs> This week. So what's that all about? And what inspired that? I mean, why, why are you doing the Ojai Art Festival? Well, I think um, I love all the art in Ojai. I think the more art, the better. And I think the more you challenge yourself to um, not only use what you have here, but create some other um, opportunities to bring others in and to also work in community is really interesting to me and so that's like a model i mean there's a lot of art towns around santa fe or sedona these these cities that kind of have a lot of galleries and kind of have a an art mecca sense to them does oh i have that or 
is there room to improve it? And is Ojai Art Festival involved in making that happen? I think that there's um, a person who likes art or is involved in arts or appreciates the arts. I think that's one of its tenets is to always push it, always try to um, change the conversation or bring people together that can see things in new ways, in new lights. And I think that's one of the things that um, Ojai, it does very well. It does it in lots of different ways. It does it with uh, festivals that have been here for a long time. The music festival challenges that all the time. Definitely. And uh, I think there's, um, there's always room to do that here. And I think it embraces it. it we have a niche clicky community, though. I mean, it's, it's you, you end up here and you may know a lot of people, but you have one or two friends. Unless, I don't know, there's maybe other people. That's my understanding or way I've seen it. I know a lot of people here. I hang out with two or three people outside of my girlfriend. <laughs> and that's even that is like pretty rare. I don't hang out with people very often. So I might say hi to people at the market, but we don't hang out all the time. But now you're bringing like a bigger art community into Ojai. Through the Ojai Art Festival, as I understand it, please clarify if for me, you're bringing artists from around the country to be a part of this art festival, is that correct? Basically, in a nutshell, um, the Ohio Art Festival is, I think it's really about bringing humor and fun in its you know, different shapes and forms uh, that, that keep asking questions about, in this particular festival, where our planet is going and how we're living in it. Um, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring artists together and people who are concerned about the environment and people who are involved with social engagement and social practice creative people, and we're also collaborating with the different groups we already have here in the Valley. Uh, for example, the Ohio Film Festival, the Ohio Defense Fund we're working with, and the Ohio Green Coalition. Cool. Those are all great organizations. Now, your, your event is the same weekend as the film festival, so what's the, how do you collaborate with them? Well, that's actually um, where it all initially started. I was having this um, conversation with my with my partners in this, and we Instead of um, starting from scratch, and the sort of light bulb moment for me went on uh, when I, I initially wanted to talk to a couple people that run different festivals here, the music festival people, and festivals that have been here for a while. So I reached out to several of them, and I had this great conversation with Jamie Fleming. He's oh an executive director of the uh, Ohio Film Festival. <laughs> great guy. And uh, we had some... Really great conversations. He's and film festival. Film festival. Okay, got it. Jamie Fleming, film festival. So I just wanted to pick his brain, and uh, within a very short time, he, after hearing what we were trying to do with um, starting this festival, and also doing it around um, art that's actually been either discarded or um, or art from trash, discarded materials, or uh, found objects, he was mentioning that there's a portion to his festival that actually is called Focus Earth. And that was relatively new to the festival, only a, a short um, couple years that they've been having that section to their, to their festival. So he thought about that after we got together, and he said, you know, there's some synergy here, and you, you guys should actually do it the same weekend as us. We think that there's some great opportunity here when people go to see films and they come out and they're looking and walking around Ojai that they could also having to have this wonderful experience to see some great art. And when we mentioned that we wanted to just not show art in the galleries here, we wanted to actually put it out in places that people might not necessarily go see art. Uh, he found that to be, I think, really uh, expansive, and he, he encouraged it. So You collaborated then with a number of other venues. 
What do you think is the most uncommon place where someone might go and not expect to see art, and now it's an Ojai Art Festival uh, art show or art festival venue <laughs> with the, with what you hung you hung paintings or photographs or actually they're they're so diverse. There are two dimensional pieces, three dimensional pieces, very large pieces. Um, there's a huge piece going into Wachter's <laughs> Wachter's feed store. Um, oh, cool! What is that? It's actually a giant bear made out of horseshoes, recycled horseshoes. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I will look for that. So, um, so yeah, so I think th- there's another aspect to this where there was a, a particular artist that we were inspired by around this whole theme, and his name is Gordon Matta-Clark, who, who's deceased, but he was an artist and an architect, and um, he studied in art history. And he, he was deeply rooted in experimental art and we thought his work was really original and innovative, and um, in, I a lot, in a lot of ways, he, he's sort of the spirit behind this. I looked him up, and uh, I was fascinated by his building cuts. Like, he would make giant holes in, what, like abandoned warehouses and stuff? That's correct. That are, it, they're like portals, almost, <laughs> going through these buildings. It's really fascinating, and then he did this garbage wall well, this is in new york right that's right he, like he did 70 or something that's right he did that on the first earth day in new york city at um st mark's church and yeah he he basically constructed this uh, mesh mesh frame in this empty wall and he filled it with local garbage and it was sort of um, a demonstration uh about the growing you know crisis of waste in our society and you got to remember that was back in the in the 70s so i mean yeah that's uh, a long time ago and I imagine the amount of trash is like continued to accumulate and that how did you guys come together with Matt Clark's vision and in- incorporate that into the art festival one of the things that he did Gordon Matt Clark was he was very interested in coming upon art unexpectedly and so our Ojai being Ojai we we have um a, a really amazing advisor by the name of um, Nicholas Olsberg who happens to live in Ojai Great guy. And has helped us tremendously with the Gordon Matta Clark, as well as many parts of the festival. And he's what, an architectural he's journalist? A, he's an architectural type? scholar. Scholar, yeah. So uh, he was he was very instrumental, and he also, um, he works with the Gordon Matta Clark estate. So he was tremendously helpful in this, and what he he envisioned was well, this, this garbage wall or garbage, uh, different variations of the garbage wall has been done 15 times around the world. And oh, cool. I didn't typically, know that. Um, typically, it's done in big cities and museums. So what's really cool is that um, this is the first time a small town, uh, in, in, uh, and, and in fact, on the main street in a small town, has gotten to do this. So we thought that was really cool. And uh, so, again, his Gordon Matta Clark's idea was being able to come upon these things unexpectedly. So, uh, so you guys started talking to Greg at the... Mob at shop. the mob shop. And so, yeah, we're talking the mob shop across from Star Market, the bike shop across from Star Market. And is that a permanent installation there now? Because is that, or is it intended to just be through the festival? It is intended to be um, definitely through the festival, which was uh, almost a month long. And um, the, where it's going to end up is, is going to be really interesting because the mob shop may, may keep it or it may end up in somewhere else in Ohio. Will it have a price tag on it? Like we, someone could could buy it. We don't know yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> we we are gonna um, just having Greg get involved with this, and Greg was great because Greg's an all. He's not only one of the owners of the mob shop, but he's also 
uh, a very creative person and an engineer. So yeah. Greg's a really interesting <laughs> guy. He really is. So he got, uh, he didn't know who Gordon Maddox Clark was. So he, he actually got inspired and started reading up on him. And, you know, he was a, he was a rogue person in his day, uh, Gordon Maddox Clark. And yeah, so I think like he's got a crazy, and that one picture you see of him, if you look him up on the internet, he's got like crazy hair tied out with little rags or something in his hair. You know what I'm talking about? The picture? Yeah, that, okay. I, I do. I do. He was an out there, you know, out, out of the box thinker. My favorite. Definitely. Love people like that. <laughs> One of the reasons I love Ojai. There's a few wackos here. So, yeah, Greg, he saw that and started spending some time researching him and, of course, talking to Nicholas around, around this. And he jumped on it. And he, he really, I think, um, took the spirit of it in a way that we got to do it in, in an Ojai style. So their, their shop is uh, you know, obviously a bike shop. So his, uh, his idea, along with Nicholas, was to take discarded and um, used up bike parts and electronics and uh, those types of things to create the wall to build to build those things into the wall and because in, in sporting equipment like uh, like a bike store would have um, old frames and old bikes yeah. uh, you know that's that's those are wasteful things that we throw out and don't use and um, go through maybe. so they end up in a landfill exactly so it was great watching, um, having the experience of watching Greg. I mean, the different things he pulled it together and pulled apart and how he constructed that is, from every angle, is just so interesting. And a lot of you know, people look at trash art or garbage art or um, recycled art, and they, they don't understand, you know, you have to spend a little time understanding the, the history of it. And that's where Gordon Mattaclark came in, because uh, back then in the 70s, he was bringing up these ideas of, you know, what our wasteful society threatens. And so those themes and are, are current even more so today. So to bring that up and um, discuss that in the ways that we can discuss it now with the technologies that we have now and how we can bring people together talking about that in a more serious way, I think is, um, you know, is important because it does bring up questions about threats to the planet and to human cultures. And I think the arts can be, you know, a solution to part of that. Now, the overall theme of the Ohio Art Festival is drawn from that idea, from the idea of uh, human impacts on the planet. Am I being too broad? Or no, that, that's correct. Can you correct. help me understand what, what your what, theme is? And what our wasteful society threatens and how, how artists can um, think about those things and explore those things and create things around that. There are two aspects to this festival. One was um, what's called a juried call. So we have a, a curator that um, has juried about 70 pieces in 47 venues in all, okay. in all and around Ojai. And those artists applied to be in the show and um, got in. And so what's really fun for us, too, is about 90% of them are coming to Ojai. Actually and, coming. Wow. Yes. From as far away as where? All, from all over the country. Okay. Uh, and so... Very few of them said, I can't come, because they wanted to have the experience. And I, the, the other reason why I think they wanted to have the experience, obviously, Ojai draws a lot of artistic endeavors and, and artists here. But we did another part to this festival where that was very purposeful, where we invited several artists who already have established careers to actually come and be a part of this whole thing and create something site-specific here. So we have this other part of the festival that are what we call installations. Okay. And so there are several of those artists arriving in town this week to start building things that the community can also come and see go up. 
No, it's the bear pre-built that's going at Walkers. Yes. So that's not going to be built on site. That's that's right. But wait, there was something else that you told me the other day about about cardboard. Yes. So there's Is that an artist. Someone we could talk about. There's an artist, Josh Short. Josh uh, went through this program up in San Francisco called um, the the uh, Artist in Residency program at Recology which is a very prestigious uh, program, and he came through that program. So Josh works in cardboard. So when I first talked to Josh, and um, we talked about having him come down to Ojai, I said, so, so are you going to bring your materials down and um, make something with cardboard that you bring down? He said, no, no, no. He said, I'm going to go out and find the cardboard in There's your community. Plenty of cardboard. That UPS truck's here every day throwing boxes at us. And he makes amazing things out of cardboard. I mean, if you look Josh up or go on our website, uh, he makes cars and motorcycles and planes out of cardboard. And he loves it when people come, and when, especially when students and kids come by and um, help him with things and come back and see what it looks like a couple days later. So, yeah, he's going to be building something under an oak tree right next to the porch gallery. Oh, so. t- over here? Yes. I, I'm pointing. Not a good <laughs> visual for podcast listeners. Um, okay, cool. So his location is here. Other artists are doing installations. How many other installations you got? The um, installations also include, uh, well, obviously we talked about the, the garbage wall. So we started yeah, that one early. That one's up already. And the, uh-huh. the community is aware of that now. And, and it's cool. It's <laughs> neat to go look at it up close. I, I have an olive oil can that I submitted. Uh, excellent. It's in the middle of the uh, life preserver ring. Yeah, I heard there's even um, a bike part that was used or ridden in the Tour de France. Oh, really? Yeah, that Greg told me about. So That's very cool. So we so have the garbage wall up. Garbage and, wall? And then we have Josh, who's Josh, a cardboard here. artist. That's right. Uh-huh. And then we have, um, we have a, a, a gentleman by the name of um, Enrico Natale. Okay. And uh, he's not creating something. He's actually has we – um, well, we'll talk about Enrico in a minute. We'll go back to the – People okay. that are actually building something. So um, Joseph Umali Fernandez, he will be making something in the window at Cava on the arcade. Okay. So Cava's right downtown on the arcade. So you'll see him starting to create something uh, on Friday over the weekend that you'll be able to, again, go by and see and see how it goes up. Tease it up. Tease it up. Don't tell us too much. Don't tell <laughs> okay, us no. too much. No, that's no. enough. I want Cava, you to keep going. Cava gifts. That's Hildegard's store, right? That's right. That's Hildegard's. Okay, great. And Love then her. Um, we have these uh, installation artists named Fallen Fruit coming from Los Angeles. Yes, definitely want to. That's, I mean, something I think is the neatest thing that ever. I mean, I like that a lot. Do you want to talk about Fallen Fruit? Let's talk about Fallen Fruit. How did you meet those guys? Uh, their name came up several times uh, to me. And when we wanted to have this theme about uh, discarded, there were things that I would, I, for some reason, their names kept coming up. And at first, I didn't really think about a connection to um, you know, discarded waste and you know, objects and materials. But in, in a way that they work, um, they work with a lot of discarded fruit. And right. so, um, but what they do is they explore uh, the social and political implications um, to fruit and, um, and the world around us. So I thought... With, I started investigating them, and I had heard about them, but I really started looking into them. And so they do a, a number of things, and basically at, at its essence is um, they're interested in um, neighborhoods and their unique qualities and what connects those um, qualities in, in community. And so their type of art has actually uh, been around for not too long, and it's called social practice. Okay. Um, so basically what it involves is it's a form of uh, artistic expression, and it evokes things. It evokes 
feelings of community, of ownership, of memories, and all through art. So it's a participatory thing. When you brought that to my attention, I mean, you called and you said, there's this map. And I was like, oh, cool. Oh, it's got a map. Neat. I had no idea what you meant. So I, I was like, I don't know what that means. And then when you showed it to me, I was like, this map is sideways. It's not even lined up right. And then, like, my eyes, it, I literally, it's like I had to wipe the dirt off my glasses or something. So I could stop, like, trying to perfect or edit everything that I look at and then just say, like, oh, wow, this is really going to, it really, like, changes the way I look at town. I got excited. I was like, I'm going to get on my bike tomorrow with my fallen fruit map, and I'm going to go find some lemons. And then I found the lemon tree and that's listed on Drown Street on the right-hand side, and I, look, I was like, oh, there's no ripe lemons, and they're not really hanging over the sidewalk, so I probably have to go talk to people. But there's a really nice lemon tree on, like, Aliso and... Uh, and uh, Signal Street, but it's not on the map. But it's a big, big one. But there's a lot of different fruit that, I mean, just in a small neighborhood of downtown Ojai that's, that's hanging over public property. Pomegranates. That's apples, right. Apples. I don't know what else. There's lemons. Or, lots of oranges in Ojai. Uh, probably some avocados. Uh, Olive trees. Olives. Um, yeah, if you feel, Simmons. Like, feel like getting briny, <laughs> go pick some olives. They're not that great fresh. I don't know if you've eaten fresh olives. No, I haven't. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they created this map. When um, did they come here? When did they come? Yeah, when were they here? They actually came a couple months ago. It's been a few months. Okay. And uh, initially what we talked about was uh, there, there's different ways that they work in, um, mostly they work in museums and galleries internationally. But they, um, I convinced them to come to Ojai. Uh, they know they knew about Ojai, but I convinced them that they needed to do one of their performances here. Thank you. And, um, Thank you for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. I pre- seriously, I mean that. So, so we talked about different things that we could do, and um, you know, they knew of Ojai being a, a huge uh, citrus community, and so full of fruits. Full of fruits. So, um, <laughs> so they create. So, one of the things they do in advance of coming to actually do their performance is they create these maps, and they call them neighborhood maps, and so. Ours is called Fallen Fruit of Ojai. So they set off, and um, they wanted to do it close to town so you could walk around. And basically, they create these maps wherever they go so that the public can know where fruit is overhanging um, in public places. So it could be on public sidewalks. Right. But it's originating on private property. But that's one of the things that they, um, you know, they find very connective with community is... um, Instead of wasting, there's so much wasteful fruit. What if we knew about this fruit in our town or a part of our town? And, you know, not necessarily all the way out in the East End where all the orchards are, but just right here where you could walk no, around or yeah, get on your every, bike. Every yard's got a tree in it. And so, they, you know, they work um, in many ways, but they make you really think about things. And one of the things I like, what they always say, is that uh, instead of walking home and stopping at the, the store to get a piece of, uh, you know, candy that rots your teeth out if you knew where the fallen fruit was get a nice piece of fresh fruit Fruit, yeah so um i think that's really great and uh those are the kinds of ways they think and so the second thing was we came up with uh actually he challenged me to come up with um, one of the other installations they do are called neighborhood infusions so this um, is the neatest thing too so what they do is (laughs) do you have it yet i'm thirsty (laughs) (laughs) So I've been storing these um, these fruits that um, are not that common. Um, they are here, but they uh, they're not easily gettable because uh, 
uh, we've got plenty of we've got plenty of uh, oranges and citrus, but we don't have a lot of mulberries. So they challenged me to find a fruit that um, that they could do their infusion with. So what we've been doing, we've been working again. We pulled in um, the guys from OBC, Ohio Beverage Company, and right now they are infusing a drink with mulberries and with um, with a, a spirit that OBC has picked out mm-hmm. and. Um, that will be presented uh, on our opening weekend, and the opening those, being this coming this coming Thursday. Week. Well, our, 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 our the start of the festival is Thursday. The start of the festival is Thursday. That's the seventh. Is that that's the seventh? Seventh of yes. November. Okay, and uh, that includes an art twenty thirteen. For anybody who may be listening to this <laughs> down in the future, this may have already happened. <laughs> Get your own liquor and mulberries. If you didn't make it. So there's a lot of programming. Thursday is an art walk for the public uh, that starts at four. And so the public, we all um, want the public to come down and see all these, um, see all these installations and all these, all these uh, really cool pieces of art. And then, um, so that's Thursday and Friday. We have a lot of programming Friday, but the, the, the neighborhood infusion, that installation happens Saturday night here at the porch gallery. And that will start around five o'clock. Okay. So that's where cool. it's, a, it's a public participatory event where uh, the neighborhood gets, again, to taste what our neighborhood tastes like. So we just happen to choose mulberries because mulberries grow in Ojai, and they infuse it, and the public gets to taste a little of what your, essentially what your neighborhood tastes like. That's great. I know I got some mulberries, but it's a short w- season. Kind of, that's it's, right. It's a quick, it's like a week, maybe two weeks of fruit, like... Like a lot of berries, I guess, blackberries that come on spring, late spring or whatever, and early summer, and then it's all like over with pretty fast. So you probably have to kind of grab them and preserve them some way if you want to have them later on. I guess an infusion is a great way to do that, huh? <laughs> That's right. How it, long does an infusion take? It only takes a couple days. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. So they will um, do a performance around this. So the... the Who? Fallen fruit. Are they going to come? They'll yes. be back here on Saturday? They're, they're coming on Saturday. So what they do as part of their performance, besides the fact that the public can uh, now basically essentially taste these infusion drinks, got to be over 21, but um, you're, they also create these uh, social prompts that you wear these bands on your wrist, and the wrist bands create conversation between people. So they facilitate that conversation. And again, their whole the thing that Fallen Fruit does is they create create through community conversations and um, invoke memories. And so they, their medium is fruit. So in essence, it's being served by docents instead of bartenders. <laughs> so it's, a, it's actually an experience. It's an art experience. I think it's one of the neatest art, art expressions. I mean, it, it's like, because it's so meta kind of art. It's strange. Uh, I love it. It's almost punk. <laughs> No, these armbands, can you be more specific about that? Can you help me to understand what that's all about? Is it like a cause bracelet? It's a bracelet with a um, a prompt on it. Okay. So they've created these prompts in order to facilitate a conversation around fruit and memories around fruit. Okay, all so right. So you'll be prompted when you put your band on once they start the installation about what to do with it. Okay, cool. But you got to come. How did you meet Chris and Uta? Uh, I actually met them... Um, because we have another business together. And so that's how this all dovetailed. So we have this, um, this business uh, Chris created called 49PM. And with, within that business are these software tools that art organizations, this is all the, how everything ties in, use across the country. And those, um, this software helps them 
manage and jury their calls, their calls for entry. And, and what a call to entry is, is basically when artists apply to be in shows or fairs or festivals. It seemed like very confusing and difficult to enter art shows. You had to have slides. You had to have this artist statement and everything. Now, this software it, has solved that? It streamlines everything. And How it, so? It allows uh, the, the seeing of the art essentially to be seen uh, through the computer now as opposed to mailing in your old slides. Everything is now uploaded, and you can view the, the curator or the critic or the judge or the gallery owner that is going to do shows can now look at these images all online. And um, the software actually creates all these great things that that the um, the people that run these organizations it helps them do everything a lot more simply and, and more streamlined. So it so saves them a lot of time. It saves them money. It saves them um, manpower because uh, it's all done online now. Everything's done online. Is the entry, uh, uh, it's called what, entry thingy? It's called entry thingy. Entry thingy. The artist uses the software by going on and applying to the show, and um, the, oh, okay. the art organization puts the software, and it's basically a widget, onto their existing site. Okay, all right, this and, is clarifying for me now. Yes. Thank you. How long has that been in existence? About four years now, okay. but I haven't known Chris that long, oh, uh, okay. all four years, but... Chris was always uh, interested, had an itch to do something else besides um, the software. And so what was really cool was having seen so much great art and seen so many shows having the software because now you know, you're aware of a lot of things going on all, you know, all up and down California and in other cities using the software. You see all this art. And so started going out and seeing some of these people and meeting some of these um, people that run these art organizations and going to some really cool shows. So we were sitting around one day and uh, basically we were challenged by one of our advisors to um, do something bigger. And so that's where, you know, what we called the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal started germinating. And so we, we said, let's do our own show. Let's let's do what our clients do. When and did this conversation take place? I, less than a year ago. Okay. So and was that that were the seed? That's when the seeds of uh, the Ohio Art Festival were planted. Yes. It germinated. Yes. Okay. Um, and so it's been really fun because now the artists that are applying are using our software. Well, that's cool. So we get to see how it works and how it's <laughs> used and what what it's like to be on the other side of it. It's been really fun. Did we get the answer to how you met Chris? Chris and I both like to do these little quirky, um, fun videos of different artists. I was aware that Chris was doing that for some of the studio artists, and I had worked with somebody locally uh, doing some videos. So we were introduced and became aware of each other through our video work. And then because Chris knew I had a marketing background, he wanted to meet with me and just talk about um, exploring ways to grow the company. Okay. And Chris being a software guy, and but he loves doing videos... He hates selling, so um, that's where we sort of started w collaborating and talking about ways in which to grow the company, and then very shortly after that, that was one of the, the next things that we came across was a bigger goal. A bigger goal. Now, there's other thingies besides entry thingy, aren't there? That's right. There's something called member thingy, and that's a membership management tool. Okay, so anybody, any like a gym or a church could use that? Well, we, we pretty much try to stick to the art vertical. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, 
so yeah, so people who have members in art organizations that, pay, oh, that are paying members. And then we have another one called Upload Thingy. So like uh, the Art Center could use it. And That's right. They have members and could manage. That's right. Okay. Let's talk about the art that is currently hanging here in your gallery. This, you know, I just learned about this guy too, Enrico Natali. He evidently lives up in Matillaha Canyon. Is that correct? That's right. And, Tell me um, about him. And Enrico is not widely known in Ohio. However, he's he's been here a long time, and uh, his his work has been published, and he's been has had exhibitions in other places. But what we really liked about um, about Enrico, and again, Enrico, we became aware of Enrico through Nicholas Oldsberg, is that okay. uh, his work. Uh, he's living actually in um, up in way up in Miltilha Canyon for many years, and um, he's definitely living off the grid and living in a very respectful way up there. Okay. And so that was one of the things that drew us to him. And so um, the, mur- the the things that we have right now that um, that's Enrico's work that's up in the gallery, and he, he's one of our featured artists. Okay. So uh, he, the work that we have up here are murals that he has photographed in different places uh, in and around Los Angeles. So what, what we like about, um, what we find really interesting about Enrico's photography as, as, it, um, as it relates to this particular show is that he puts them in a context that you kind of see what's around and near it instead of just photographing just the mural. And the other cool thing is he'll go back to the same site and there'll be a new mural there. And so he'll photograph the new, the new mural. And so this way they stay vital. Oh, I just want to talk about one other person that's okay, going, go that's going to be here during the festival on, on the porch gallery grounds, and that is um, someone that we really respect here in Ojai, and um, she's an architect, and her name is Vina, Vina Lustado. And okay. so why we invited Vina to be here is uh, she's an architect who also self de- she self-designed and self-built her own home with the help of a lot of local craftspeople and um, uh, very talented people. And her her house is called the Tiny House. The Tiny House, yeah. This was in the in the parking lot when the when the garbage wall was being built there at the mob shop. That's correct. And so, um, I think what's great about um, the Tiny House for Vina is it does you know basically reflect her core values. And uh, for her, it's a way to show others you know, the way that you can joyfully live in a small in a small environment. And so. We really are um, excited for people to come see how beautiful and inspirational this um this tiny house is and it's on wheels you can travel with it cool under 200 square feet is she gonna live in it i believe she is and she's been working on it so i don't believe she's actually been living in it she's been working on it for months and months right i worked with one of the artists on the pillows that are on the couch in there i screen printed some text some john muir text onto some big canvas pieces that got oh that's alicia yeah she's incredibly talented yeah i've known her for several years now too she's a cool person i've worked on a couple different art projects with her so i like her is there other things we need to know about chris and uta that you could share with us well they've just also an artist or what's her Uta is also um she's also an artist and she has done the graphic design for the whole ohio art festival Uh and it's just beautiful and um powerful and visual and very creative and and chris and uta and myself have put in hundreds of hours uh to to make this what we think is going to be very up leveled and really interesting and and something to explore and talk about and continue now with it with it all coming down this week are you nervous are you excited I mean, what's your what's your level emotionally and, and spirit psycho spiritually 
that you're experiencing as it comes together? Is it just like, oh, this is all working out great. No problem. I'm easy going. No, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty big in terms of your mind space around it. Because if you think about if you were just going to do an art show out of, you know, small space or out of a, you know, a museum or a gallery here, it's very contained and somewhat manageable. And normally you only show a couple artists or one right. artist that you're featuring. So this is much more multidimensional and much bigger and it's, uh, has a lot of moving parts to it. And there's a lot of things that we added on that we just are so excited about. But also, yeah, it's a lot of work. And do you think, like, based on how you feel about it so far, this is going to be, like, an annual thing? I think what we want to do is um, we want to get through it. Sure. See how it all um, it all feels and looks and and how it's experienced. And then we'll get together and talk about that and... You know, make some decisions and see where we go from there. Okay, but, but you're having I think fun so far. Oh yeah. Is there anything else you want to? Anything about Ohio? You like living here? I love being here. I, I that's the thing. I, I, there's so many. I didn't know one person when I moved here, and uh-huh. I, there's so many different types of people that I know and I consider friends here, and that's really rare. It's, it this, this community has been very um, open and inviting and. Um, inclusive of myself and and my partner so i i really appreciate that and yeah i'm hoping that we can be here a long time so me too well lisa i think that's pretty good right she's she's so cute <laughs> i forgot the panel i'm so sorry i just no, want to no, mention no we're... don't don't apologize you can talk you can you don't have to like quietly <laughs> signal me uh you can uh, just say like wait i want to say one other thing oh thanks thanks chris um, relax I forgot... <sighs> the interview is going to start in about five minutes so we're just getting warmed up here. We have a panel. We have a, a very, very, very cool panel. So we have a group of um, panelists that are critics, writers, curators that will be here that I'm really excited. And, um, and I, find, I think will be very informative around the subject matter uh, because they know of what they're speaking. And they will be talking at 4 o'clock on Saturday. 4 o'clock Saturday. That's going to be the 8th, 9th? The 9th. The 9th of November yes, 2013. That's right. And they will be right next to the Porch Gallery in front of uh, Wanda's Modern Folk Living, in front of her store. So actually back down the driveway, back down in there? That's right. So okay. we can put a lot of chairs. and. Um, How many yeah. members are that on that panel? Uh, is uh, it all local people? Or is no, it some actually the these too? are uh, our, our, our uh, curator for the show, our juror. She will be one of the panelists. And uh, our moderator, who I want to give a special shout out to because he organized this. And Who's that? His name is Yuri Cole. Okay. And he will be coming up from Venice and bringing uh, several other Los Angeles-based critics, writers, curators. And we also have included two members of um, the festival bo- that are our artists. One is Josh Short. And one is uh, Joseph Umali. Now, is there other local artists involved? That's another really great thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. There are. Um, we've included the community in several ways. One was we asked um, several local artists to be advisors for us to the to the festival. And in the second way, we have um, such great talent here that several several local artists have gotten into the show. Okay. So you will see several Ohio artists. Um, Any names that you can that come off the top of your head? 
yes, um, there's Carlos Grasso. Okay, he's cool. Love there's his work. Dwayne Denmeyer. Not familiar with his work. There is um, Sylvia Raz. Oh yes, I like her. She's great. She's um, one of the studio s- silly, like out there. Like for example, if you're in the Arcade Plaza and you see the bird statue with the beak, that's that's her, Sylvia Raz. That's correct. I went to her gallery. Or have you been to her place? I have. I have. Yeah. That's, and then her, oh my goodness. And I, I just also want to mention that both Sylvia Raz and Carlos are working with um, another invited person who I, I want to make sure I give uh, a shout out to her. And that's Liz Gordon. Liz owns Liz's Hardware in Los Angeles. And it's an amazing store. And so she runs um, a recycled art show herself. So she will be coming up on Saturday at 10 o'clock. And also, Carlos and Sylvie have graciously agreed to work with her um, doing a workshop. And so that will happen, uh, just, just so many fun things, but that will happen at 10 o'clock on Saturday here at the Porch Gallery. And that's, we're inviting all the locals to come and either bring something they're working on or start something new. And Liz will have supplies here and um She's really talented and really fantastic, and oh, we're cool. excited so to have people her. People can do hands-on. That's right. Experimenting, play with their creative side, get inspired. Awesome, <laughs> cool. That's Saturday. Everything kind of opens on Thursday, Friday. What's happening Friday? Friday, we're doing a fundraiser at the Mob Shop that includes, again, open to the public, and that includes um, a fundraiser for the Ojai Defense Fund. We think that they obviously think in environmentally um, friendly ways and keep Ojai, Ojai. So you're supporting them. You like their... Well, we I, we think that's what keeps Ojai, Ojai, yeah. is to be able to have that. And small towns, more and more, it's really hard to keep that because these companies have deep pockets and can come in and do those things. And so these um, these people that have put together this, this fund ha- are actually... I think to be commended and, and have done this for quite a while and, and they're very aware of how special this valley is and so I, I don't think this valley could stay the way it is without people like um, people at the OHA Defense Fund and, and people like uh, at, the, at the Land Conservancy. And so. what, you're working with the, the Green Coalition? That's right. The OHA Green Valley Coalition, Defense Fund? The Green Coalition folks too mm-hmm. and um, and the film the film OHA Film Festival. Right on. Okay. Learn more at ohiartfestival.com, right? And then there's also porchgalleryohi.com. That's right. 49pm.com. <laughs> you can find it all on Facebook too and fallenfruit.org. That's like really I love that website. I think that it's one of the freshest websites that I'm aware of on the internet at the moment. And uh just the 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 the, the touch and feel, the uh the art the quality of the other maps, if you look at the other maps, and it's like all over the world. I mean, they have fallen fruit maps for all over the world, and now we're one of them. And that's like coming out, uh, I think, this weekend. In fact, I'm supposed to write a story about that tonight or tomorrow morning for the paper. So happy about that. And Lisa Cassoni, thank you so much for taking this time to visit with me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> have a good one. Wow, great interview. Happy to have had that conversation with Lisa. Glad to get to know her. That was awesome. And I really, really have to say I love what is happening with the art and music scenes. The hipster invasion of Ojai is maybe I'm not hanging out all the time, but I really have to say I'm happy about it. I I actually enjoy watching Ojai evolve. It gets busier. The streets are clogged with 
people, but a lot of more of those people are dressed in spandex and they're riding $3,000 carbon framed racing bikes. I love that. It's so cool to watch the future unfold in this beautiful little valley. Oh, my paradise. I hope you are able to have a wonderful weekend enjoying art in Ojai. And even if you weren't here for the Ojai Art Festival, that you listen closely, check the program notes at ChristWilson.com and get to learn a little bit more about the artists, the software, the things that are happening here that capture your attention and your imagination. It's all about the creativity, the process, and the delight of living. Don't look at me. See you, or be you, or you'll hear me again soon. Good day.